Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. We begin a new quarter called The Promise, with a principal contributor being Gerhard Hassel, PhD. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, April 3rd, we look at what happened. Join us as we see what exactly happened in the Garden of Eden and how it affects us today. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we go. We have a a brand new quarter, Michael. I'm excited about this one. Me too. Uh, In this first week, uh, in this first quarter, the promise, this first week's lesson is what happened. And mm, our memory did happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, this is something we've covered many times in the past. Sure. Genesis 1, 26, mm-hmm. um, verse 27. This is New Revised Standard Version. It says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So that's what happened, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's look at back at the beginning, um, all the way back to where God created the earth. It's titled Turtles All the Way Down. Okay. This, this will be interesting, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it starts out with a little anecdotal story that's kind of cute about a, a scientist and trying to teach about origins and then... Uh, what did the turtle uh, sit on? You know, another turtle, right? And <laughs> and uh, so, but what did the turtle sit on when you get all the way down to the bottom of the pile? In other words, at some point, something had to start somewhere. And that's really what uh, this lesson's all about, is that um, we have these descriptions. We have, you know, questions about origins uh, from science and everything else, but it's really to scripture where we find where that turtle first sat upon, you know? Yeah, you know, definitely. And now um, now hopefully the audience understands why it's called Turtles All the Way turtles Down. Turtles All the Way Down. <laughs> Origins. There Origins. That's really what we're all about. And, of course, the most famous verse is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so um, that's not saying that the whole universe was created at that particular moment. It's talking about this earth, that God created this heaven and the earth. Um, the atmosphere, all of those different kinds of things. And, and the rest of the, the lesson for this uh, day has a number of different texts. They all speak about the same thing. Um, the verse that I happen to, um, that I particularly like is from Hebrews chapter one, verses two and 10. Please share. It says, in these last days, oh, I should mention this is from the NIV at this particular junction that I'm reading from. It says, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom mm. also he made the universe. Amen. You know, one of the powers of what makes God, God, is the ability to create. Create, yes. You know, I mean, that's that's just amazing to think about. And um you know, as you know, you and I have kids, and one of the things with kids our age, you know, um, they love to make things with Legos. Yeah, yeah, no, it's you true. know, I, I, I have, I, I know. <laughs> I've stepped on many of them at midnight, many, many a days. Right, right. Hurts, and, and, it's, and it's fun to see that creative power. But it is. no matter what they create, they, and you know, there's nothing that can has been able to replicate actual life creating life itself and that's that's the part of the beauty of it verse 10 says the same thing in the beginning lord you laid the foundations of the earth and the heaven are the work of your hands the world that exists as we know it 
And again, a lot of people get into a lot of quibbles as to how exactly that worked out. The point of scripture here is that God is the one who did the creating. And at whatever, however that happened, the earth and its creation, you and I as human beings, we have value because God created us and he happened to create us in his image, which is pretty Amen. phenomenal. Oh, it's yeah. true. So uh, from Turtles, tell us about the image of the maker. What, what's going on here, Buster? You know, this is a, gives me a whole new perspective on this just because the book we're going through for our faculty book club, Redeeming yeah. Power. Yes. In the first chapter there, the, the author talks about, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's something that, that we, we, we believe that we, we know, but to hear someone say it out loud, I'm going through the audio book as well as the, the regular book. Yeah, yeah. She shares that in the book, uh, Genesis 1, 26, where, well, actually Genesis 2, where it's saying that man should subdue the ground and tend it and keep it, right? Yeah. Uh, but there, notice here, it didn't say the man was to tend and subdue the wife, right? Mm. They together, humankind, was yeah. to call to subdue over nature and have dominion over it, yeah. not man over woman, right? Yeah. And so the author's very clear here, what he's trying to share is that mm-hmm. humankind, right? Mm. They are creating the image of God, yeah. male and female. Yeah. And it's asking this question, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not talking about the physical image of God. Mm-hmm. It's talking about the attributes of God, the, the ability that God yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Not to create, right? We don't have that power. We don't have that ability. Right. But right. to reason and to think and to mm. choose the true freedom and to reign, right? Yeah. yeah. He created us to reign over with love. Uh, I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. Uh, reigning over animals and subduing them and keeping them is not to to lord over them, even, yeah. even the animals. It's to do it in love. And I think one of the points of the book and in general is scripture. One of the themes of scripture is servant leadership. Amen. You know, lifting up, you know, we're to serve one another when we, it talks about um, all the way, even in, um, you know, Ephesians and, and uh, first yep. Peter, mm-hmm. you know, that it's talking about husbands obey or, or wives obey, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, and then yeah. all of us obey. Yes. It's talking about lifting up. So this idea of servant leadership that in love, yes, we look out for the needs of others before even ourselves, yes. putting others first. Yeah. You know, it, okay. I, I have to go to this. All right. Because Michael, when I translated uh, Ephesians chapter five before, Ooh. for sharing it with women at the well here on campus, yeah. that women, wives, women obey, right? Wives mm-hmm. obey. Mm-hmm. It's actually in the middle passive. So they choose to obey. It's their choice. It's not a it's not a direct command, but when it gets down to slaves and yeah. when it gets down to children, it's yeah. a direct command. But for women, it's it's actually a middle passive. That's important to know. Wow. Right? So that's, it's not imperative, it's not commanding. Yeah, right. And, and well yeah. it's in the middle passive meaning yeah. that they, they choose themselves, right? Wow, what a so, difference that makes. Exactly. And so even coming here, he mm-hmm. says, what else can be found in the account of the creation of humankind mm-hmm. that sets this, sets the race apart from anything else the Lord has created? Mm. And we see here after the fall, the need for redemption, mm. the appreciation for redemption, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. very fact that we're going through this process we're going through right now yeah. is a story that no other creation can tell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even the angels are saying, what's it like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that we need a, a savior, a redeemer, mm. and we have him, right? what he's done for us, and what we can now do for him, it sets us apart from everything else. And does it, it's not something to pride ourselves on. Hey, we know sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that this love of God is truly manifest through us, in us, right? Yeah. And so that, it's, it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful love story that's not finished. So hopefully we're all a part of that on the good side. Amen? Yeah, I love it. So with that being said, God and humankind together, we're mm-hmm. talking about this togetherness, mm-hmm. the reconciliation. So Michael, please share with us. 
Yeah, so, you know, at, at the fundamental point of this creation and the point of this, you know, the creation account in Genesis, and, and by the way, there's been more written on Genesis chapters 1 and 2 than any other chapter or two of the entire rest of the Bible. This creation account, it's that important. It has always been in the in our consciousness um, from the early Christian church through Luther and the Reformation onward up to the present day. And so... Um, these texts help to orient us in the perspective of relationship, mm, okay. relationship. And so Genesis 1 uh, verses 28 and 29, God says to them, uh, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and every other living creature that moves on the ground. And before I go on, I, I just want to reiterate what you were talking about just a minute ago, yes, Buster, with yes. this book that we've been going through and and I've had a couple faculty tell me, hey, this is really powerful, you know. It is. It's um, it's kind of jarring, but it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this idea that um, the earth, that there is a certain amount of stewardship mm -hmm. that we as human beings have. It's not, subduing it isn't mean conquer and, yeah. and... And, and then pillage. No, no. It's by, <laughs> and, the, sweat, it's by the sweat of our brows, yeah, right? Like, yeah. And, and to leave in desolation, you know. This, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not what the yeah. text is, although some people interpret it that way. Thou shalt pillage. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, so this kind of idea of responsible rulership, of stewardship, um, that God has given us these beautiful, uh, the beautiful creation around us, the beautiful mm -hmm. creatures within that world, uh, we're here also to serve them. We we have a responsibility, a sacred responsibility to take care of the earth. By the way, I, you know, I, I run into people who are asking, you know, Adventists, what's our what's our take on the environment? And there's a recent book that I was going through, and it, it pointed out something that surprised me mm -hmm. that Adventists tend to actually be more concerned about the the environment than the average population. Yeah, yeah, I remember you shared that with yeah. me. Yeah, and, and that still has kind of stuck with me that, you know, that that's really important. Although I still think there's a significant resistance in some circles, mm -hmm. some skepticism, right? You know, yeah. well, the Pope is for the environment, so then we should be somehow anti-environmental. Well, I'm well, not here well, to... Well, I've also heard, well, the earth is going to burn, so what does it matter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. both of these kind of rationales, yeah. and I know those exist, Um I, frankly, I don't buy them. No. Um, you know, I, I and with all due respect for, you know, and I, I disagree with the papacy and everything else, and I fully affirm our prophetic understanding. But the reason I care about the environment isn't because of current politics and who happens or doesn't happen to care about these things. It's because we have a biblical mandate. And the reason yes. I do things is because it's anchored in scripture. Amen. Amen. You know? um, and then verse 29, we need to finish this off here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get I, excited about it too, Michael. I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it and they will be yours for food. And kind of what you're talking about, the sweat of our brow, these kinds of things that God has provided for really us has. as human beings and, and the ability to cultivate and grow food. These things are a gift from God. Mm -hmm. and, and science has caught up. Well, they, they've surpassed us yeah. in a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. Of showing the nutrients are found and mm -hmm. how deep and, and uh, the, intri the, intri 
the intrinsic mm-hmm. ability to heal ourselves even through what God has given us through the earth. And yeah. even in its depleted form, mm-hmm. it still is leading towards the healing of the nations, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's amazing to see that God's creation is still doing that. And I, I think that positive view of science and of the world around us that some people kind of wonder, yeah. what what is the relationship? Well, it's not antagonistic, that's no, for sure, because no, no. God created the earth and the world so that, that we can affirm the best of you know how people and again that's not to say that there aren't extremes and 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 challenges or whatever but but we can celebrate um the best of what science has to offer and and utilize that in in the growing of foods and to do that to the best of our ability well we we better get to the tree tell us buster about the tree yeah so this is uh he shares this with us in genesis 2 16 and 17 Mm -hmm. at the tree and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden may you freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the days that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Mm. So once again, uh, we're coming across here to the first, uh, one of the first deceptions, right? Mm-hmm. And The original deception. <laughs> and, and, and I like to call it the half deception, right? Uh, because it was, it was halfly true, right? Yeah. They, they surely did. Uh, so the enemy is very deceiving. Mm. And they did know but mm-hmm. they found out they didn't want to know. <laughs> is that how it always is? It is, right? <laughs> when we think we know better and then we find out, oh, no, we don't. And I wish I didn't find this out the yeah. hard way, right? I wish yeah. I would have listened to mm-hmm. sometimes my elders, my mentors. I mm-hmm. wish I would listen to the word of God and not wow. found out by hitting a by hitting a brick wall. Yeah. And so uh, here uh, the author just goes through talking about this surely dying yeah. uh, I, I'm going to read just this excerpt quickly here everything proceeding in this chapter has paved the way for this climax the future of the race centers upon this single prohibition man is not to be confused by a multiplicity of issues mm-hmm. only one divine ordinance must be kept in mind right and so he tells them and yet they go forward mm-hmm. and oftentimes we love to cast rocks and aspersions upon Adam and Eve mm-hmm. But the thing is, this is the daily decision that we make. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And just by sin entered through one man, Mm -hmm. uh, Romans chapter Mm 5, we also find that redemption came through the second Adam. That's Mm. Jesus Christ. And that is is a highlight, which is I can't go back and change the past, Mm -hmm. but Christ has already changed my future if I will accept it. Yeah. And that's something for us all to realize. Well, and I love that because, you know, what this quarter is talking about the everlasting covenant, this idea of covenant is, is... we have to start and acknowledge where things went wrong. Yes, and, true. and it happened here in this context here uh, to tell us, um, you know, Eve and then Adam, the two of them together, where they really doubted the character of God and, yeah. and what a, an amazing and, and good God. And and what this whole first lesson really for me is all about is the power of relationships. Yes, it is. God wanted to live in relationship with Adam and Eve, and when they doubted that. Um, the real effect of sin, where it at its at its worst, I think, is the broken relationship with God. Yeah, which Michael just is your Thursday's lesson, right? Bone chakalaka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, how, how do how do we restore this broken relationship? Because it's not just a relationship that God wanted with Adam and Eve. Yeah, the one He wants with wants with us. So talk exactly. about this broken relationship, breaking the relationship. Absolutely. Well, let's turn to Genesis three one through six. I think it's important enough we should actually pause and and read this passage. Let's do that. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit 
from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from that, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and uh -oh. you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And there, there goes, and there goes the half, half deception, the right? Half deception. So, yeah. so, so, two, two, two sixteen, true. seventeen. We yeah. have the full truth, and we have yeah. the half deception here. But yeah, it's just so, and it's so painful when we look at this and we realize the flood of sin and woe um, over the thousands of years through biblical history and everything else, and it all started right here. Yes, you know, and and so what? What is there to do, Michael? Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So t tell us. Tell us, right? The, there's a schism here, right? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, not only is there the schism, but then there's the, also the promise of hope. In verse mm. 15, the same chapter, and, and a lot of people call this the Genesis, uh, uh, the, you know, we have John 3.16, the, the famous Bible passage of hope in the New Testament. Well, we have Genesis 3.15, which is the promise of hope at the very beginning. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between her offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And uh, so here we have this, this promise, this prophetic promise that there will be eventually a mediator who will put an end to sin this the serpent who put doubt this half truth Amen. in the minds of, in the mind of Eve and Adam really uh, the two of them and here is a promise of redemption at its very core and it's one of the most beautiful promises frankly in all of scripture yeah you know? a great messianic promise right yeah promise that Jesus will come again and put that deadly blow on the head of Satan himself who really caused all this destruction and, and, and evil and everything else that has come in its wake. And you know, uh, coming up here, I know uh, Easter is coming up, yeah. but it was there at the cross that that final blow was truly laid. And uh, mm. we see this is where also where we're redeemed mm -hmm. because the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, right? And yeah. so uh, taking that in consideration, I hope everyone realizes, I, I know we can say this till we're blue in the face, but this truly is about relationship. Yeah. This is about you and I owning up and confessing our sins yeah. and saying we need a savior. Yeah. You know, and wherever you may be in your own uh, Christian experience, we're just uh, going through some stuff in, in church history here today. Uh, we're talking about uh, cultural Adventism, what it means to just grow up in the church, mm. but not to actually have a real relationship with God. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I noticed there's some students that kind of perked up like, you know, I can I can sympathize. And yeah, we were, of course, talking that, yeah. about Edson Big, White. Thinking, yep the son of a prophet, mm -hmm. you know, but he had real no spiritual conversion himself. He knew all the right doctrines. He knew all the right things. And um, his father even died thinking, you know, he had left the yeah. church and wanted nothing to do with think religion. I think he was lost. He thought he was, yeah, exactly. And, and yet, you know, the beautiful story is he eventually did have his mm -hmm. own personal conversion experience. And I, I just reminded my students, you know, it's not enough to have your parents or some, uh, someone else's religious experience. It, it, salvation doesn't come through who you're connected to or who you're related to, it has to come through a personal walk with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And um, and that's what really this lesson's all about. The everlasting covenant is is having that relationship, a broken relationship. Yeah. And God says, I promise a restoration of that relationship. And it's gonna be, as you said, Buster, through, through Jesus 
on Calvary. And I can't wait the rest of the quarter exploring more <laughs> yes. of these various facets and contours of what that everlasting covenant's all about. You know, I, I will say this as Michael's we're, we're putting into this, which is the relationship, from what I understand what you're saying is, mm-hmm. starts with an encounter. Yeah. You know, a living encounter. Uh, yeah. So you can't have a relationship with someone that you've never met. Yeah. And so therefore, God has been trying to introduce himself to you. Mm-hmm. Reintroduce yourself to God and say, God, here I am. And that can be the encounter. It doesn't have to be lightning from the sky. Nope. Sometimes it's just sure a hope somber. Not. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Hopefully it's just a somber moment, right? Yeah, or yeah. maybe there's something miraculous. Whatever it is, yeah. have that encounter to know that God is real. God, something like this, you know, God, I want you to be real. So I want to challenge you to be real in my own life and, and you know that that just kind of that that honesty i think that brutal honesty and just say god um you and i may you know wherever you may be but uh just being real and uh, and seeing where uh that goes so amen all right so. well yeah i think that puts a, a wrap for another week already i i believe so so this is soup and swoops signing, signing out. out as we put a wrap on this week's lesson this is campbell swoops signing off By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.